0: Today's episode of the Dirty Sports Podcast is brought to you by Chill Boys, the official Dirty Sports underwear. I just got a brand new pair of their soft bamboo boxers, Joe. I love the bamboo. It feels so nice on my balls.
1: You just showed me these. Uh, this, is, this is their newest model. You pull them out and they have they have like a netted undercarriage area that's i mean the breathability of having a a mesh netting under your undercarriage it's uh it's exciting
0: can't wait to try them on so it's time to upgrade your undies boys use discount code dirty20 at chillboys.com to save 20 percent on your first order once again that's dirty20 d-i-r-t-y 20 to save 20 percent over at chillboys.com all right, Prano, let's start the show.
2: Welcome to Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Podcast with Andy Angel Welcome to welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey. No chel no. Ciao, Andy going Italian today
1: yeah we gotta mix it up
0: yeah notice how I when I did the countdown I said all the numbers I know
1: I did notice that good work it's
0: trying to throw you off yeah
1: <laughs> I just wait for the Joey noo Preno part before I tune in and then I just hit you with the hello and we're off and running I'm excited for today's episode Andy a lot going on in sports despite the fact that there are no sports I know you're a big korean baseball guy now which is exciting for you yes i didn't watch a single second of it um but i know i know you've got that happening this is also our last episode before you depart for the great queen city of cincinnati why is it the queen city andy
0: that's a great question and i don't know i should know that
1: you should um so i'm excited i'm here got it. A- Got a half a cup of coffee over there. Got my Miller Lite shirt on. You've got your Miller Lite shirt on, which is exciting. It's
0: such a soft and comfortable shirt. It's really is, is.
1: That is one. And I and you said, We're, wear a Miller Lite shirt today. And I had a feeling that that was the one you'd be wearing because it's so soft. And I was like, I wonder if Andy has other Miller Lite gear. So I was like, I'll let Andy rock that and I'll bring my vintage tee.
0: You didn't want to be matching?
1: I didn't want to be matching. You
0: don't like doing the matching stuff.
1: I mean, it was fun when we were the Stash brothers for a couple of weeks, but, you know, you don't yeah. want to overplay the same card.
0: I gotcha. By the way, I might not ever come back.
1: And look, thats uh, I, I want you to do whatever makes you happy, okay? As long as I still keep getting that hot ad money. <laughs> yeah.
0: I might just set up shop. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Chad No Chill Cutter. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host Andy Ruther, with Walter Vincent Ruther. Coming to you
1: live from Walt's basement with Walt's basement's namesake, Walt
0: Ruther. <laughs> what? What? We're doing a podcast. We can talk about Boomer and Geo. I watched them today. Is
1: is Walt's TV the greatest? Uh, b- like budget win since uh, Scottie Pippen's contract. <laughs>
0: That's a good good point. Could be. Yeah. I can't wait to take it for a little... uh, little Take it for a test drive? little test drive. What's
1: going to be the first thing that you try on the TV? Because you know my thing is like anytime I have a new place, new TV, new speakers, whatever, my move is always I need a, a baseline to like refer to. So I always watch Top Gun because I know exactly how Top Gun sounds in the theater. I know how Top Gun sounds on an 80s TV, a 90s TV, a 2000s TV, and now, you know, a 2020 TV.
0: I don't know. It's a good question. There's no sports on. I
1: suggest Top Gun. Top you Gun? just hear those afterburners. That's how you know how the speakers crank that up to about 75% of max volume. Get that afterburner going. You'll know exactly how good that TV is.
0: The problem is I can't enjoy it with anybody. My dad doesn't watch movies.
1: Hey, kick it up to 80. If those speakers are good, you can enjoy it with the whole neighborhood. whole neighborhood will be going through the danger zone.
0: Yeah. How often do you watch Top Gun? A year?
1: Honestly, probably. Once? Th- no, more. Because there'll be a reason that inspires me to watch it once a year, and then there's just catching it. I've probably watched it. One full time in 2020 already. Like, I caught half the other day, and then I caught the other half Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, the idea that I'm not going to watch it one more time in 2020 is crazy. Because here's the thing. I'm definitely going to watch it before Top Gun 2 comes out, which has now been moved to Christmas. It's supposed to be summer. Coronavirus. I don't want to say it's the biggest loss of the entire coronavirus, but... It's pretty much the biggest loss.
0: The <laughs> By the way, we have an update on why it's called Queen City. Shout out to Chris Vassiento in the YouTube comments section. Somebody with
1: Wikipedia. An
0: 1819 news article called "Cincy the Queen of the West."
1: <laughs> Queen of the West. The. W- I right. mean, I mean, in 1819,
0: it was the West. Yeah. That's how crazy things were.
1: Welcome to the brave new world, the Western United States. We're going to set up shop here and eat chili.
0: I mean, again, the Reds played.
1: First, we got to kill these natives.
0: The Reds played in the Western Division in baseball until 1994. We're going
1: to kill all these natives, chop them up, put them into some sort of stew. We'll call it chili.
0: (laughs) So fucked up, man. (laughs) So wrong. You alluded to it earlier. I did watch opening day of the Korean Baseball League.
1: I know a lot of people were excited about it. That was one of those things where it just like suddenly it hit the time. Was it on ESPN? Is that what the deal was? Yeah, basically. I feel like everybody, like what I learned is that a lot of my, a lot of the people I follow on Twitter are ju- just have ESPN on and then whatever comes on
0: is like yeah. they're in. So you know where, you know why that's what happened to me? I turn on my TV. And the last actual cable thing I watched was The Last Dance. Even two days later, other stuff had just been streaming on the streaming apps. So I turned on my TV just by chance. Again, oh, there's a game on. This is kind of funny. And uh, I watched, I watched a few innings. I, I smoked a joint. I had to. I mean, you need some help when you're watching no fans Korean baseball organization. With the announcers who are in their own houses. And were they American announcers? It was Carl Ravitch and Eduardo Perez. Okay.
1: All right. Carl Ravitch at home calling Korean baseball.
0: Yeah. It's exciting. So, and then Eduardo at his own home. And then they would bring in guests, too.
1: All right. And you enjoyed it. Any players that you recognized? was there like former big leaguers?
0: Who was the one guy uh he had the Italian name? Um I felt like I knew his name. I don't know baseball as well as some of the other sports. But again, it was kind of background noise. I was doing stuff on my computer. I wasn't exactly like
1: watching watching. Yeah. A
0: but, lot of
1: people were, a lot of people were excited about it.
0: But again, I you know, I did I fired off a few tweets and they got some traction which made me realize, yeah. A
1: lot of people were watching. Korean baseball.
0: We are thirsty for sports. Well, I have good news for you, baseball fans. It looks like the light is at the end of the tunnel.
1: For Major League Baseball? Yeah. Okay, I've been hearing a lot of reports. Tell me what you got, Andy Ruther.
0: Well. As you know, I did not read the rundown. Well, I sent you this tweet, actually, before it made an ESPN story. This was broken by Trevor Plouffe. Is it plow or Plouffe? Former player, you remember him? Nope. Pitcher? I don't. He leaked this news on Monday. He says, I heard from multiple sources... Ploof bomb! (laughs) 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 He says, I just heard from multiple sources that on June 10th, Spring Training 2 will start. July 1st will Spring Training 2, return of of the baseball. July 1st will be opening day, and teams will be playing in their home ballparks. And this tweet now has been confirmed by sources and reporters and ESPN that there is a lot of validity to this tweet.
1: Now is there I know you just said home ballparks does this mean business as usual or does this mean are they still going with some sort of modified divisions thing everybody's staying close to home?
0: To be determined it sounds like they have scrapped from the article that I read today, they have scrapped
1: the Florida, the bubble. Arizona bubble leagues. And then there was talk of like the Phillies and Mets and Yankees and Red Sox would be in a division and, you know, like a regional, which I, honestly, I think at this point with a shortened season. Let's do something wild with that. Like, let's just go. Because, as I've said before, the idea of looking back into the history books and being like, oh, that was the year of the coronavirus where the divisions were wonky and they played 85 baseball games. Yeah. It's like, let's just fuck it all up.
0: Sure. I'm not against that either. I like I like a little mix-up in life.
1: We had a couple nice baseball anniversaries, by the way. I, I believe it was Willie Mays' birthday. Was that yesterday? Yes. For a long time, there was the, uh, there was the like, greatest living ball player thing. You remember that happening? Like, they were doing it for Ted Williams. They were doing it for DiMaggio. Did DiMaggio die eventually? Or is DiMaggio still alive, too? He's got to be dead. He's got to be dead. Uh, they were doing everybody who, like, was a fa- Meanwhile, M- Willie Mays has been alive the whole time. Yeah. This guy hit 660 home runs. This guy it was a— Famously good outfielder. Like I'm not sure any of those guys have the have that claim. Also, Barry Bonds is alive, so,
0: and he is Barry Bonds' godfather.
1: Right. Played with Bobby Bonds. That's right. Um, also today, you know today is Andy. It's the fourth anniversary of the shot heard around the world. Bartolo Colon going yamba. Down in San Diego, I'm wearing, were- I'm wearing the San Diego Padres hat. You were there. I was there. I was there on the left field line. I watched the the ball sail right over me. It was it was glorious. It's one. Of, it is truly. And you have poo pooed on this idea before, but like, you have no idea the excitement. Like I've never seen something that was. I've never been in any sporting event where the moment was universally enjoyed by both the team benefiting and the team that is getting hurt by such a play. Yeah. Everybody there was excited about it. Yeah. every Literally everybody except Shields who was pitching. Um, it was great. Four years ago today, Bartolo Colon doing the unthinkable, hitting the homer. It was glorious. It is easily one of my i would say top 3 in-person sporting moments that i've ever experienced and honestly i'd have to think about the other two but i'll 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 just casually say top 3 so happy anniversary big sexy
0: how many cuban sandwiches has he eaten in the last 4 years since that home run i feel like the answer
1: to that question is like when you know, birdman got asked about his tattoos. They're like, How many tattoos do you have? He's like, just one. You know? I feel <laughs> I feel like Bartolo Clone has been eating one endless Cuban sandwich. Yeah. You know? He's like, if I make another Cuban sandwich and I finish the last bite of the last Cuban sandwich while I start eating this next one, did that sandwich ever end? It's like what's the sound of one hand clapping? You know, it's like this philosophical question. If he's simultaneously eating multiple Cuban sandwiches, does the Cuban sandwich ever technically end? And I would argue... Where does one sandwich end and the next begin?
0: That the Cuban sandwich is one of the most underrated and underappreciated sandwiches.
1: I agree. And I blame, you know, I blame America's just constant propaganda against communism and the Cuban people. They take... They make a great sandwich. Yeah. And and honestly... The idea that the Italians, my people, I, I want them to get all the credit that they deserve in the world, but the idea that in the '90s, like the panini thing took off, it's like, yo, the Cubans have been
0: pressing this sandwich for decades <laughs> I mean I, really rare, and I don't know if I, I don't know if I've ever had a Cuban sandwich and' been like, I didn't like that. no,
1: yeah, it's, it's pretty rare. It's a good sandwich, yeah. The mustard, the pickles on there. Yeah. Press the whole thing.
0: Everything Bilbo hates.
1: And yeah. <laughs> Bilbo's like, they 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 toast the bread. Uh, I like it white, and I like it without crusts. <laughs> He's like, can I get the Cuban sandwich? Uh, no ham, minus the mustard, minus the pickles. Don't press it. Can you just put it on a white bread with no crust? They're like, you want a turkey sandwich on white with no crust? He's like, no, give me the Cuban. I just want to modify it a little.
0: You know he has got a pretty good... For what it's worth, just a wrap. Trader Joe's the Cuban sandwich.
1: Yeah, but I don't. I don't know if I've had it, or maybe I have had it here.
0: They always have it on stock. It, it, it's a good like. Hey, I need. This
1: is the Cuban sandwich episode.
0: Yeah, but again, I, I I'd argue. Actually, I don't think I've ever ordered a Cuban sandwich at a restaurant, and not enjoyed it.
1: More underrated, the Cuban
0: sandwich or horse grant. Ooh, that's a good question and a good segue Joe. right now.
1: Yeah, I know. That's what I was doing there, serving it up, just, okay. gr- just Greskying you. Can we give Horace Grant some respect? I've been ge- giving Horace Grant respect for years. I have been giving Horace Grant respect since the 90s. I was tipping my hat as a young Knicks fan because Horace Grant essentially was – the kryptonite to the Knicks' Charles Oakley. And as good as Horace Grant was and as good as Oakley were, they would essentially, in those great knicks uh, bull series, play to a stalemate. Maybe one game goes to Grant. Maybe one game goes to Oakley. But, like, the fact that they were just canceling each other out in the series, th- Charles Oakley was the Knicks' second-best player. Like, all around... Yeah. Second, most important to have Horace Grant come in and, you know, basically cancel him out in those series. That was everything. Yeah. So I knew I was well aware of how good Horace Grant was. I'm also as much as I'm a Michael Jordan truther, I am a Horace Grant truther because there are, again, so many just like these aren't this is not an opinion. This is just how it happened. Horace Grant leaves the Bulls, goes to the Magic. Magic beat the Bulls with Michael Jordan in six games. They carry Horace Grant off the court. Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen know and realize that they have been undone by losing Horace Grant to the Magic, which is why they go out and get their heated rival, their arch nemesis, bad boy... Enforcer, Dennis Rodman, to come in and replace the rebounding and defense of Horace Grant. Now, I'm not saying Horace Grant is Dennis Rodman. No. Dennis Rodman, spectacularly better than Horace Grant at doing what Horace Grant does best, which is why when they replaced Horace Grant with Dennis Rodman, they won 72 games. But the fact of the matter is, Bulls minus Horace Grant, Not a championship team, especially when they have to go up against Horace Grant on the Magic. That's just factual information. This is this is facts only, as Andy would say.
0: What what I'm learning. Also, Horace Grant, All Star. I I was gonna say what I'm learning is is people just, just they just they just they're liars and they're brainwashed. Like guys, this isn't to me when we're critiquing this and the angle that I try to look at it from producing this show. It's not about dissing Jordan, but it's about acknowledging people who Joe and I see are disrespected. Even I told him this today. Even as a kid, as a young, diehard Michael Jordan slurper and Bulls fan, I knew how important Horace Grant was to the Bulls. And the numbers don't lie. I'll just read them real quick. And there are three titles. This is Horace Grant's points and rebounds per game. 12.8, 8.4. 14.2... 10 13.25 and then when Jordan left it jumped up to 15 rebound I'm sorry 15 points and 11 rebounds like we're talking about a double double machine who also was blocking shots I I just th- this notion that Horace Grant wasn't important like Joe said it's just a lie
1: which is uh for a number of reasons one the goggles People didn't want people people just love to trash the goggles. Agreed. And then also Michael Jordan himself, which you you know, the reason I segued into this because you have a story about it. But again, last episodes of The Last Dance, they started to plant the seeds. There was beef, and this is the reason that the Magic, when they beat Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls in six games, no home court advantage involved, three games at home and three games away. It was the reason that the Magic hoisted Horace Grant onto their shoulders and carried him off the court. Shaq was the most dominant player in that series. Scott, uh, Penny Hardaway, obviously the second most important player. Horace Grant played the exact same role for that Magic team as he did for the Bulls team. But the reason his teammates hoisted them him onto their shoulders and carried him off the court was because of the evil, disgraceful, disrespectful atrocities that the Chicago Bulls organization and specifically Michael Jordan put Horace Grant through during his time at the Chicago Bulls when he was as big a part of the championship run as, you know, basically anybody.
0: I like the comp that you said a few weeks ago of Jason Love, not Jason Love, Kevin Love on those Cavs teams is very comparable to Horace Grant. He's number three to Horace Grant on those Bulls teams. And the reason we're bringing this up, a story came out yesterday, which again—
1: And honestly, if you want to be— like, Yes, Kevin Love was a star because he was a high draft pick and scored a bunch of points and averaged a bunch of like meaningless stats on a Timberwolves team before he gets moved to the Cavs. But if you want to be realistic, yes, Kevin Love plays great defense on Steph at the end of that Finals— Horace Grant, a ridiculously better defender. Sure. Than Kevin Love.
0: Agreed. So the story came out yesterday, which doesn't make the national news. This is, again, guys, this narrative that giant media co- the money. corporations, exactly, like ESPN, they don't want to print this stuff.
1: Well, why would the ESPN want to print it when they're doing a whole Jordan slurping exactly. 10-part series?
0: So this is the story. Sam Smith who wrote The Jordan Rules, Yes, went on a radio show yesterday and revealed this wild bombshell that he said, players would come to me over the years and they would say that Michael Jordan took Horace Grant's food away from him on a plane because Horace had a bad game. Michael Jordan would tell the stewardesses, don't feed him, he doesn't deserve to eat. And Sam Smith went on to say, they would tell me this stuff and they'd say, why don't you write about this? And I would say, I'm not going to write about it unless I can quote you. So players in the Bulls would tell him this and he said, I'm not going to use generic league sources because as a reporter, he's yeah. right. Yeah. You can't just print this stuff without attributing the quote to somebody.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's not Broussard, for it, God's sakes.
0: Exactly. <laughs> So he goes on league this. Sources tell me. He says, I could tell the that all these revelations were accumulating over the years, and people would tell me things a lot that never went on record. Dude, think about this. You have a guy, again, a double-double guy who came into the league when Scotty came in. So that was the year they drafted Scotty in the first round and Horace in the second round out of Clemson. They were the finishing pieces on those first three-peat teams as far as what the Bulls needed. Now, obviously, they added some other parts, but the thought of him saying, you don't get food, like, th- this whole notion of, and I put it out there a few weeks ago, can you be a winner, can you be successful without being a dick, and I've grappled with this, because there is a psychological game, right? Is Michael playing a psychological game with his teammates? You know, who I've thought of since then, is is Magic Johnson. Liked, always smiling, always happy, won five titles. Teammates liked him. The point guard, the leader of the team. So to me, Magic is kind of the guy who hosting I was, orgies. Yeah,
1: fucking girls, fucking guys, <laughs> fucking everybody. Like the dude, the the dude was so well liked it almost killed
0: him. So to me, he is that example of yeah. Everybody loves Magic Johnson. I don't know anybody who doesn't like Magic Johnson. Why would you not like Magic Johnson? Everybody liked him, and he won five titles. So this notion that we've created as fans, as media—no, you need to be a dick to win. It's just not true. How about Shaq? Five, four, five, four, five, four titles. Four right? titles.
1: Three, three with the uh, three with the Lakers, carrying Kobe Bryant on his back. I mean, three, three titles while literally like. He's so nice. He's carrying dudes on his back for titles. He's literally got guys in his pocket. He's like, sit right here, little guy. And then, and then obviously goes, always well-liked. Everybody thinks Shaq's a good time. How about Dirk? Dirk gets a championship. No one has anything bad to say about Dirk. There's pictures of Dirk literally like taking food from other, from other passengers on the plane and giving double meals to his teammates. He's out drunk. Posting pictures in the early social media days, posting drunk drunk leaks with Dirk. There's plenty of guys who've been able to achieve. Success. I mean, no one has like no one has things to say about LeBron like oh he's a fucking asshole.
0: Yeah, nobody. I I just th- again this notion, and you hear these like that's an awful that's an awful look. You're telling people they can't eat. That's not a guy I want as my teammate. It's just not.
1: You know, again, it's the arguing. It's the people unable to argue with results thing, right? Like, well, he won six championships, so who's to say he did it wrong? Who's to say he couldn't have won more? Who's to say he doesn't feel the pressure? And, I mean, a big part of the pressure of Jordan's first Pete is the Jordan rules that come out in the midst of that where there's all this book that's like Michael Jordan's an asshole. Hey, dude, you don't have the pressure of having to answer questions about this book about you being an asshole if you're not an asshole. So like the argue with you can't argue with the results thing says like, what if he's just a nice guy? Do they win more? Does he ever have to leave? Does Horace Grant insist on leaving like you again not to I I don't want to do speculation I want to do facts facts Horace Grant is all those things that you said for those first three Bulls teams Horace Grant plays a year after Jordan is there and the Bulls win two less games and are a bad foul call away from going to the Eastern Conference Finals, and Scottie Pippen's getting MVP votes, and they look essentially the same as they were. Obviously, they're le- they're missing their leading scorer, and that's a huge loss, regardless of who that guy is. But then Horace Grant leaves, and then the team falls apart. The team falls apart, and Jordan comes back, and they only whatever, and they lose to Horace Grant. Does Horace Grant leave if Michael Jordan's not a piece of shit? And do they at least win in
0: 95? I mean, it's a good question. And we'll never know. But again, it's, it's this clear and obvious like timeline of events that we see it's the same type of crap guys
1: yeah and and the 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 bottom line is we talked about it there's plenty of guys who have achieved the the same amount of success while being a fine person it's like it's like the same way in hollywood they're like christian bale's like cursing out You know, camera guys who like walk in his eye line, they're like, This is just what he has to do. He's so method that he's like in this part as the Terminator and he's yelling at dudes. And then you're like, Tom Hanks is just nice and like (laughs) everybody likes him. Yeah. He's, he's smiling and shaking hands with coronavirus. He's, Got Oscars. He's going to make more movies than anybody ever made in history. Like, you, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, no, you're right. And You and never hear, like, Tom Hanks was snapping at people because they accidentally took his sweater away on the Mr. Rogers movie, and everybody knows Tom Hanks, once he's in character, never breaks character.
0: Well, and again, it's just, we just go back to this. There's just so much evidence. Like, I don't get this notion. You can be an all-time great like Jordan and you can still be a dick like both things can exist yeah like this whole notion that like no you need to be that way no you don't yeah then no, you don't there's the same thing like
1: you know we, we do the same thing in football where and and we've done the the black and white thing like this these wide receivers are angry divas but Tom Brady's just passionate meanwhile Joe Montana's like hey John Candy's in the stands yeah it's a guy from fucking Uncle Buck let's go win a Super Bowl
0: well, and another Jordan story, which we have to get to.
1: Because basically, this is what we've got. Korean baseball and all things related to the last dance.
0: Well, th- this one I was really surprised. I didn't even know that they had a beef because I knew they were such good friends. Apparently, Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley have not talked for years. And Charles Barkley is now going on radio saying how he's so sad about that.
1: And... And, again, if you watch The Last Dance, you know that they had a great relationship. You know they had the relationship from the Dream Team. You know they had the finals against each other, but that, like, Charles essentially, like, tips his hat to Michael and just saying, like, I was outplayed by him. And, honestly, I, I, I thought that was being kind of kind on Barkley's part because, like, well, what about the other guys? You know, he also had a ton more help. Like, yeah, maybe he outplayed you, but, like, it's not like you were, like, I was bested by Michael he has been deferential to Michael in competition on the dream team all these things forever. Well, he still is even right? now. And and then Michael repays him by like taking one thing that Charles says that's honest and correct about Michael Jordan and uses it and now doesn't speak to him anymore.
0: Apparently, they haven't spoken in 8 years. Cuz Charles Barkley who goes on this Chicago radio program sports radio show I, th- I believe it's the ESPN's he made comments eight years ago and they haven't talked since this is what Charles said eight years ago he was referring to Michael Jordan running at the time they were the Bobcats Charlotte he said the thing that bothered me the most about the whole thing okay no, no sorry l- l- let me get the actual quote oh yeah this is it this is what he said about how Jordan runs the team Listen, if you're famous, and Michael at one point was the most famous person in the world, everybody around you is either on your payroll or letting you buy drinks and dinner and flying around on your private jet. Very few friends are going to be honest with you, and that's very hard for any celebrity to do, especially in his nature. And Charles goes on to basically say, look, how Michael's running this team is that he needs people who are not yes men.
1: Yeah. He's surrounded by yes men who are going to tell Michael Jordan that he's right and he knows, and how could the GOAT ever be wrong? Meanwhile, there is a long and storied history of Michael Jordan being a terrible, 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 terrible terrible basketball executive.
0: And this is what he said. As much as I love Michael, again, eight years ago, until he stops hiring them kiss asses and his best friends, he's never going to be successful as a general manager
1: and the bottom line is that's true when it comes to coaches and executives and people and this goes across all sports the guys who make the best post player coaches gms or whatever they're guys who achieved because the the brain they had was as good if not better than the physical skills they had It tends to be that the guys who were just freaks of nature don't go on to be the best because they didn't have to learn the game. They got by on talent. Now, of course, there's guys, and we've seen LeBron, for example, being able to recount every single thing that happened in a basketball game. But even LeBron James at 15 years old, you're never going to know what it takes to motivate and to coach the last guy on the bench of a team when you were always the first guy on the team. I mean, look at the Steve Kerr's and the Mike D'Antoni's and the Rick carlyles and the Pat Riley's and the Phil Jackson's. None of these guys were MVPs of the league. Yeah. And, and then you look at the Magic Johnson's and the Michael Jordan's and the Patrick Ewing's. And, the, like, there is a long history of guys who were great in the league turning out to be debacles as coaches and as executives. And... So, like, it's not really necessarily Michael Jordan's fault, but at the same time, like, dude, step back. You're not good at this. I said the other day, I'm not sure murder hornets aren't them getting revenge for what Michael did to their franchise. (laughs) I'm not sure that they didn't decide to band together and say, enough is enough. Yeah. Our franchise has been running to the ground. We need revenge.
0: Well, I just... You know, I like Charles Barkley. You like him. We don't necessarily have to agree with everything he says, and we don't. But it's it really sucks when you hear.
1: I especially don't now knowing that this, now that this story is revealed, now his all-time rankings make a lot more sense. Well, Charles he, is trying to get back into Mike's poker games.
0: Well, he said this about Michael Jordan. The guy was like a brother to me for 20-something years at least 20-something years. And I do feel sadness. But to me, he's still the greatest player ever. So he says that. I wish him nothing but the best, but there's nothing I can do about it. And he goes on to say, he's got my number. He can call me.
1: And he goes on to say also, he's still got Jordan the GOAT, and when he gives his rankings, he's always got LeBron 7. It's like, dude, he'll let you back in the poker game eventually. This isn't the way to do it.
0: So you said one bad thing. That you got to stop hiring kiss asses or you're never going to be successful. And that one thing. I mean, what are we talking about here? He, Horace Grant let Charles Oakley hit
1: an 11-footer and he, didn't, he wasn't allowed to eat on the team planes. <laughs> when you starve prisoners, that's like an act of war. It's a war crime. We're surprised he doesn't talk to Barkley anymore. He wasn't giving Horace Grant sustenance. Horace Grant was on his team. I mean, it's wild. There's the other story, and look, it's it's a it's a, a distant bronze to this, but Craig Hodges is now on the record of saying Mike is Mike's keeping him out of the last dance for numerous reasons, including that Michael doesn't like that Craig Hodges was the true like player master of the triangle because he played with Tex Winter at Long Beach State, and he basically doesn't want to be able like doesn't want to give Craig Hodges the ability to talk about that. Um, And also that Craig Hodges like wore a dashiki to the White House and suggested to Michael Jordan that they boycott the NBA finals for because of the Rodney King riots. And Michael Jordan was like, yo, don't fuck with my bag. And so he he doesn't want Craig Hodges have anything to do with the last dance, which, again, the last dance is just propaganda. Like the idea that some guys are just totally missing from this or 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 muzzled in it it's like just know exactly what you're watching just
0: just be guys uh,
1: Craig Hodges is a starting point guard on their championship team
0: just be aware and anything you watch in life again the angle the spin where it's coming from like the fact that 99% of the people watching the last dance don't realize it's co-produced by Michael Jordan's very own production company it's comical and the amount of dumb people. Again, this isn't about shitting on Jordan. It's about... Uh, it's just about
1: the truth. Just setting the record straight. Just everybody knows. Here's all the information.
0: And giving credit where credit... He's a monster.
1: <laughs> he is. He's the one. He hasn't talked to Charles Barkley for eight years because Charles Barkley goes, hey, you you suck at being a, an executive. Facts are facts. Look at... The Charlotte Bobcats slash Hornets...
0: Have been a train wreck.
1: Are... This isn't a joke. If you look at the the... Rebirth of the Bobcats, right? Not the Char- not the original Charlotte Hornets. The Bobcats expansion team, which then becomes the Charlotte Hornets, right? Is the worst team in professional sports history by winning percentage.
0: Yeah. It's a fact. The end. I mean, I, I can't think of a worse GM. And a worse owner. He's not. Well, he's not the GM, right? No, but like. But, but I'm saying but again, if you go back to the Washington Wizards days. Yeah,
1: I'm, but but again, he's the. G, he essentially is the GM because he only hires yes men to work under him.
0: Yeah. And nobody, again, nobody's asking him these questions. Nobody's. The, the fact that this Horace Grant story is not even a big story says it all. No major news outlets are covering this. This is nowhere near any of them. I mean, can you imagine? Guys, can you imagine if a news story leaked that Larry Bird was like, hey, Danny Ainge, you're not, you're not eating on this flight because you didn't hit the shot against the Lakers? Yeah. You'd be like, Larry Bird's a dick. Yeah. He's not letting Danny Ainge eat. The one thing about Mike I'll give him I mean, again, great player, one of the best all-time. But the one other thing we're going to have to give him is uh, him and those Bulls. Fans of Miller Lite, Joe. A lot of people tagging me in the Michael
1: Jordan screenshot from The Last Dance saying this must upset you that, you know, the guy you hate so much drinks Miller Lite, to which I have responded to each and every one of them. Absolutely not. Just like Miller Lite themselves tweeted from their Twitter account, which has been dormant for so long, and then they they – Arrive back on the scene to say this: Goats drink Miller Lite. It is it is not a diss to say the former greatest basketball player of all time, the former greatest basketball player to ever walk the earth, drank Miller Lite. Not a surprise to me. Yeah, not a surprise. Goats drink Miller Lite. That's right. LeBron probably drinks Miller Lite. Michael drank Miller Lite. I drink Miller Lite. Actual goats, I gotta assume, if they had a choice to <laughs>
0: drink beer, would drink Miller Lite. And it sounds like pretty soon. Hey, he took me over one of those Miller Lights. We might be Regular able to start stomach. We might be able to drink Miller Lights at a live sports
1: event. How good does that sound? Andy, that is that's truly is where, war- where I've dialed back my dreams at this point. Is that warm your heart warms my heart, and and chills my heart at the same time with that cold Pilsner flowing down through my through my bones.
0: That's right, guys. Miller Light, the original light beer. While you're home, enjoy a classic. Available for delivery today. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. And I am very excited. at The thought of Miller Lite and baseball. I think it's going to happen. Can't wait. Right?
1: I I cannot wait.
0: And football, by the way. Drops their new schedules today. I know. Already some leaks happening.
1: Yeah. I've heard Saints-Vikings Christmas Day, which is a Friday. They're taking over Friday. Friday Night Lights.
0: Got some NFL news. Got some. We'll lead off with the actual league news. They have gone back to no pass interference reversal calls. That will no longer be an option.
1: What? Like, this, this is... Yeah, I'm going to try not to get super angry. Let's just, this is peak NFL, peak Goodell, peak disastrous. They have an awful, awful, awful situation, a despicable number of blown pass interference calls. They have a terrible PR situation where multiple fan bases are upset that they have had games fraudulently taken from them by missed pass interference calls. So the NFL does what they do best. They they make a move that is just a PR spin and they add that, well, now pass interference is going to be reviewable. Problem solved, right? No, because then you go to a season where the refs refuse to change pass interference calls. So now this is just a rule in place. And it's so bad and so not used and so despicably instituted in the NFL season that they then remove it the next year under the cover of darkness. And it's like, oh yeah, there's not going to be pass interference anymore. And by the time coronavirus is over, no one will even remember this story. And it's just so ridiculous and so dumb when the answer is so obvious. Just do what you said you were going to do make it reviewable the coaches only get so many challenges you want to challenge it you challenge it no no hard feelings you missed the call you're a 60 year old man that's running up and down a football field you're not qualified at all to be on an athletic field making calls you should get a free mulligan every once in a while the coaches go we saw it you missed it, it eat that take the L
0: yeah it's a mess It all goes back to just not admitting when you're wrong. The NFL couldn't admit. The refs couldn't admit when they were wrong. Now the NFL couldn't admit that they were wrong, but the NFL refs not admitting when they were wrong. So now we're just going back to status quo. After one year. Classic NFL.
1: So, so, so poorly done. Classic NFL. And now what happens again? Now we go back to... some terrible play costing some team their season, costing some team potentially a super bowl. And uh okay, whatever. Yeah. We we solved the problem because we gave this one year stupid rule change without actually changing the rule buffer and now we've long forgotten about Rams Saints.
0: Never forget. Frank Gore is playing again. Unbelievable. With the Jets. Guy,
1: how much like how much do you hate your family?
0: How much do you hate your brain? Right. 16th season. This will be his 16th season as an NFL running back.
1: Yeah. And it's safe to say the CTE is extreme. I mean, he voluntarily signed with the Jets. Yeah. He's like, he's like give me a little Adam Gase.
0: <laughs> you want to hear something crazy? Frank Gore is entering his 16th NFL season. His son is entering his first season as a college football player at Southern Miss.
1: Does Frank Gore try to last a couple more years and do the LeBron Bronny James thing where like the Kengerfield senior Junior? Ken like is Frank Gore trying to share a backfield with his son? Maybe. He's like you you won't I won't remember you in 4 years, <laughs> but I want to know that we played together. This isn't something I'll ever remember, but I want to live it in the moment.
0: Like, I respect that he's been able to stay on the field this long as a running back. Look, we already see guys like Gurley, who are basically a shell of themselves from just a couple years ago. Even his teammate, Le'Veon Bell, had an awful year last
1: year. I mean, Frank Gore, like, never... Like, really just, like,
0: exceptional,
1: exceptional. He
0: had 10 1,000-yard rushing seasons. Yeah,
1: though. but but just, like, consistently good for this long is is remarkable.
0: It's, like, unheard I of. I mean, it's
1: remarkable that he plays in the NFL for 16 years and doesn't have a traumatic injury that causes him to leave. Like, I'm sitting here, I get up in the morning now, I have arthritis when I get out of bed. Like, the idea that Frank Gore is playing 16 years in the NFL is crazy. It's nuts. It's nuts.
0: Third all time in the rush, he's he's without a doubt a hall of famer. Yeah,
1: yeah. You can't you can't not be a hall of famer. Yeah, for j- just for longevity purposes.
0: His hall of fame speech will well. I have a few things about his hall of fame speech. One, will he be coherently able to speak at that point? Right. Five six years removed from when he retires, he'll
1: probably stumble a few times.
0: And my second question. Will he be able to remember any of his actually playing career?
1: No, not ten years from now. But also, fun fact about Frank Gore: during those ten, one thousand yard seasons, supposedly, uh, when they when he didn't have big games, he would starve his offensive line. He wouldn't let them eat. Really? Yeah, wouldn't let them eat. Just a just a winner. Just a just had that killer instinct, and by that I mean literally killer instinct. He was trying to starve people to death. <laughs> He had the instinct on how to kill, which is, of course, to remove sustenance from someone's diet. Yeah. Easiest way to kill them.
0: Yeah. By the way, I haven't even thought about this. Should I play the Andy Ruther remake of Like Mike? Yeah. (laughs) It's (laughs) so bad. It's so bad. It's good. If it were
1: good, it wouldn't be good. It's so bad. So bad.
0: I'm going to have to play this.
1: My favorite part about this is how the music, whenever you sing, the music drops out as if it's Horace Grant on the 95 Bulls. It just disappears.
0: Yeah. So as we know, guys, uh, Like Mike was one of the famous Michael Jordan commercials from the 90s, Gatorade. Such a It really is a catchy tune. I remember singing it all the time as a kid. So I decided to remake it, and shout out to Charlie Ryan, who helped, helped me and made a video. I provided the awful audio and the awful lyrics, but it made me laugh. And by the way, I made this during the Korean baseball game. So that's, that's what was going on in my head. And uh, this is the Andy Ruther remake of Like Mike. I gambled all my money, and late one night in a C. Like Mike, if I could be
2: like Mike, I wanna be like Mike. Like Mike, if I could be like
0: Mike, be like Mike, be like Mike. I hate a man. His name is Zeke. Left him off. The Dream team Like Mike If I could be like Mike Never wanna A Thing Without Scottie Like Mike If I could be like Mike I Always Rock Baggy jeans. Like Mike If I could be like
2: Mike I wanna
1: be be like Mike Like Mike If I could be like Mike oh, yeah, Like Mike Like Mike
3: like
0: Mike I could be like Mike Like Mike if I could be like... I want to be, I want to be, I want to be like Mike. <laughs> so bad. If I could be like Mike. It's incredible. I think I'm ready for uh, one of those singing talent competitions. By the way, if you haven't seen it, go to the video on Twitter. The video really makes it. And again, I'm just having fun. Taking some digs. Enjoying it. What are you doing over there? Sorry, just replying to a text. Real oh quick. no, I thought I thought you had something for the show. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I enjoyed doing that. Got to have fun with it. Have to have some comedy. Hey, everyone, what, what I've noticed is everyone is taking everyone is taking the defense of Michael so serious. It's like, guys, let's let's have some comedy. I'll take some digs at his baggy jeans or his fights with Zeke or whoever. It's like, let's just let's just tap. Just the, so
1: you know, he'll, he'll never do your show now.
0: Oh never. That ship has sailed. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think
1: that ship sailed
0: a long time ago. Long time ago. ago. Speaking of fights, Earl Thomas.
1: Wow, wow. I mean, when you read this TMZ article, I'm I I don't want to defend him, you know, cheating on his wife with a bunch of hoes at an Airbnb with his brother or whatever, like that's a whole other thing. But it does sound like, in terms of the domestic violence portion of this, his wife showed up with a gun. So like anything. A loaded gun? Yeah. That she had pointed at him? Yeah, because she took the clip out but didn't realize that there was a cart, you know, one in the chamber. And uh, so anything that happened physically, like he was disarming his wife. Yeah. So there's that. But she's obviously a lunatic. And then he's, like, he's hooking up with his brother and a bunch of chicks?
0: Well, no. He's hooking up with, he's having, like, an orgy, but his brother's involved. And, look, you and I both have a bunch of, like, we have brothers. I mean, not a family affair. No.
1: Not trying to have an orgy with my brother. No. And a bunch of chicks at an Airbnb. No. No. So I guess And then she like rallied like a crew of girlfriends to show up with her. That's wild too.
0: Yeah. So the story, which this happened April thirteenth, and TMZ broke it last night.
1: And he jumped on social media pre the story breaking to just like get out in front of it. And
0: ask for this prayers.
1: Yeah. And he's like, You can live your best life and stuff like this still happens. Like, I don't think cheating on your wife at an Airbnb and an orgy with your brother's like <laughs> Quote unquote, living your best life. I don't think that's what the Dalai Lama would call living your best life, but.
0: So they had a fight. This is the full story. They had a fight, Joe. And then he left with his brother, and she hopped on his Snapchat. Apparently, she had access to his Snapchat and found his location via Snapchat. And she showed up to the house of an Airbnb. With his Beretta. With his gun. So I grabbed my Beretta and I got in the closet. And she found him naked, his brother naked, a bunch of girls naked. But she rolled with a crew like Prano said, I love this. Gals, mount up. She pointed her gun at the girls that they confronted and said, I got something for all you hoes. I mean, this sounds like a Wayne's brother movie from the 90s. Yeah.
1: Wild. Everything's bigger in Texas, including the fucking weird orgy confrontations. She came with a gang. He had a gang there. Including his brother. Like, how many people? Like,
0: it sounds like there was, like, eight people. I mean, this is one of the wilder stories I've seen. Like, Ever.
1: But it sounds like she, you know, she's going to get, she was arrested. He wasn't arrested.
0: Yeah, he was not arrested.
1: I assume if, if, if anything about standard NFL procedure, like he doesn't press charges and they are fine. And, What's
0: Goodell say when this comes across his desk? What's Goodell say last night? Or Goodell knew the whole time?
1: Yeah, right? Goodell's known since April 13th.
0: He's known. Yeah.
1: Goodell's, Goodell's like, hope TMZ doesn't find out. Call me if they do.
0: At this point, I would assume TMZ and TMZ Sports is Roger Goodell's like number one hated. Yeah. Company.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: I mean, the only th- like I, we've joked about it right on this show, like TMZ is the one thing that just it's like it's like the thorn in the side of the NFL yeah. on all these guys getting arrested. 'Cause he's known the whole time, just
1: like the Ray Rice thing. He knew the whole time. It's just when the report comes out, that's when they have to deal with it. Just like Kareem Hunt. Yeah. As well. Which I, I don't understand. Like it, it's so funny that he gets the the player himself gets out in front of it, but the NFL ever refuses to ever do that. Why don't they do that? Why yeah. don't they do like before you hear this from TMZ, this went down, like just Just do a press release and just like, you know, just do like a text press release. TMZ knows everything. Yeah. Because every shitty, shady police thing is like, we got this. You guys want it?
0: And also, look. Robert Littow, friend of the show. Yeah. Owner of Black Sports Online. He's on TMZ Sports on TV now. He's got, like, I know even just from texting him and knowing him the last, like, year and a half. The guy's got connections. He knows everything. Like you're not gonna get anything by these guys. Yeah. He
1: one of those one of those chicks, you know, in the crew. They're gonna be on TMZ like t- the second it happens. Yeah. They're like, did anybody get a video of that? Are we gonna be big on World Star are like we didn't have video? Shit.
0: You think you think Roger Goodell does anything or the Ravens do anything?
1: I mean, honestly, again, I I don't want to speak out a turn because he
0: didn't commit a crime. Uh,
1: look again we don't have video of the thing like who it's a wild story but it does sound like anything like i understand that he was cheating and that's bad you know? Sure. But your wife showing up with a gun, threatening you, holding a gun a foot from your head, and threatening these girls that you were with, whatever actions you take in that, and it doesn't even sound like he like knocked her out or anything, but even if he did, any actions you take in that situation are completely justified. You're, you know, saving your life. Yeah. So it sounds like he's going to be okay. Yeah. If the details of the story remain as what we know now. Yeah. Seems like he's going to be okay. What do those Airbnb reviews look like? Right. <laughs> it's what's what's amazing is like. Do, do like do we get a worse review because Laz flooded the bathroom <laughs> in in spring training, than these guys get for having an orgy where cops are called and multiple people are held at gunpoint? Because like the Airbnb sounds like it's probably fine.
0: <laughs> I'll be honest. This is probably good news because Airbnb, I don't know if anybody's following, is taking a massive hit because of COVID-19. Yeah. Like Airbnb is one of those companies that is taking a huge L. I think this is good news for them. Just no such thing as bad press? Bro, if I know there's a possibility that I can have orgies.
1: Did Did you not know that this was a possibility?
0: I didn't know. I didn't know orgies at Airbnbs was a thing. Yeah. Now I know. Now you know. Who knows? Maybe I'll show up to an Airbnb and Earl Thomas and his brother will be there. Like, You want want to have an orgy?
1: You seem like the kind of guy who would be invited to do a Thomas Brothers orgy.
0: I might accept it. How close am I? How close am I to them?
1: Well, you are a Russell Wilson slurper, so I don't know if that puts you on his good side or his bad side.
0: Well, fun fact, Russell Wilson attended their wedding. Like, You know how Russell Wilson had beefs? Apparently him and Thomas were cool, though. Right, were- that's what I'm
1: saying. I don't know if that puts you on his good side or his bad side. Because then also Thomas leaves and and is flipping off the Seahawks because he's not getting paid because your boy's taking all the money and and throwing his defense under the bus. So oh, no. the question is whether or not at this point he still remains on. So I think that's really going to be the they, thing that they—they
0: were very chummy when they played last year. That's going to be the thing, Afterwards. the real thing that determines it. Yeah, I, I think they're good friends still. They were very chummy when they played last year and exchanging jerseys and hugging and talking. See, Russell Wilson's not Michael Jordan. Right. You could you could do something wrong or wrong him. And he's not going to hold a grudge against you. I hate to bring it back to Jordan.
1: And by do something wrong, you mean win him a Super Bowl?
0: I want to stop. I want to know. I want to know where Jordan's grudges lie.
1: Well, he's got grudges with everybody.
0: Like, does he have grudges with the mailman? Like, like where are his grudges?
1: Like the actual guy who delivers his mail, yeah. or Carl Malone? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he has beef with Carl Malone. It's I, safe to say. I think he has beef with both. Yeah. He has he has beef with the guy who delivers his mail because he reminds him of Carl Malone. He's like, you know what? I don't, don't even come to my house. Put it in a PO box. I'll send my assistant to get it. I don't want a mailman anywhere near me. They're like, you you beat him twice in the finals. Why do you have beef? He's like, I just don't like anybody that delivers. I don't even want FedEx here.
0: Oh my God. We need a new Jordan Rules. Yeah. Start talking, people. Uh, I want to hear hear these stories. Again,
1: Dancing in the Dark, the true story behind the Chicago Bulls' last dance. Yeah. Horace Grant. Michael Jordan refused to feed Horace Grant. And we're just dancing in the dark. (laughs) Horace Grant ain't eating. (laughs) Cause we're just dancing in the dark
0: You know what else, dude? These guys are all bitches, too yeah. Like, I'm sorry Like, It's but, like, uh, like, it's you, like they, Michael just, Jordan on they, camera Just going, Michael Jordan
1: just The killer instinct The competitive nature Nothing was like it He punched Bill Cartwright in the face And we're just dancing in the dark
0: I mean, Steve Kerr now says he's not proud of his scuffle with Jordan. So I'm saying they're all cucks. Yeah, dude, these guys are all cucks to Jordan. Like, it's just wild. Except Horace
1: Grant, which is why the, the smear campaign continues. I like it. You know. You
0: know. You know. You know. You I should get.
1: A Horace Grant Magic jersey? I was just, Or a Horace Grant Bulls jersey. I'm and saying we get that Horace Grant Magic jersey. We hang it on the wall as a reminder that Michael Jordan returned for the 95 season. He played 21 games prior to the series against the Magic. Enough with this. Michael Jordan did, was like some shell of himself. So he, he averaged 31 points a game in that series. He had a higher, again... The facts only. He had a higher shooting percentage, more minutes played, more points per game, more rebounds per game, more assists per game, more steals per game, more blocks per game that season than in the next season when they went 72-10 and and won the championships. In the playoffs, he averaged more everything than he did in the playoffs the next year. And the idea that, oh, it takes this team... You don't play 21 games in the preseason. Michael Jordan scored 55 points at Madison Square Garden this year. The idea that Michael Jordan wasn't Michael Jordan is so ludicrous. He was better in the playoffs that year than he was in every single category than he was the next year. The Magic smashed the shit out of that Bulls team because they had Horace Grant and Michael and Scotty didn't have a fucking defender and rebounder at the power forward position, which is why they went out and they joined forces with their arch nemesis, Dennis Rodman, who went out of his way to try to injure them when he was on the Pistons. And they were like, come on in. The water's warm. Facts only. That's it. I needed that. <laughs> we need a Horace Grant magic jersey. I'm gonna get some fucking white goggles. That's what I'm gonna get. I was just gonna say, can I wear goggles? Yeah, let's get some of those white Horace Grant goggles for whenever we'll put them on for whenever we do our dancing in the dark, last dance, <laughs> truth or <laughs> issue like segments.
0: Uh, you want to get us some calls? Wrap yeah, it up with some calls. Let's do it, dirtball calls. Love it. is the hotline. We got some calls today. Uh, Let's start off with our guy John Smith.
2: What's going on, boys?
3: This COVID's got to go. I can't do any more stories about 98-year-old birthdays that are socially distanced with parades or people driving through. So you guys were talking about uh, possibly having sports with no fans and uh, did some research. Uh, the team or the uh, league that uh, needs the least amount of fans is the NFL. Uh, approximately 15% of their revenue is through uh, attendance and all that, the highest being hockey with more than 30%. So I think the NFL can survive if there are no fans this coming season. Uh, One sport that's coming back pretty soon, golf and NASCAR, May 17th. We're going to have back-to-back races in Darlington, then four straight in Charlotte, then some golf. Uh, My question to you: will you watch NASCAR? Will you watch golf once live sports returns? Stay dirty,
1: boys. Uh, So I'm going to be a hard no on the NASCAR. Yeah. Golf, questionable, but I'm leaning mostly no. I really was excited about the golf the two on two golf tournament with the with Tiger and Phil, but they screwed up the pairings. For that reason I'm out. Um I just I needed the villain pairings and the good guy pairings, but I think they did that on purpose. They didn't want to put the villains together. They wanted it to be on equal footing. So they've paired Peyton Manning with villain Tiger Woods and they've paired, you know, uh Phil Mickelson with Villain Tom Brady. So I won't watch that. I mean, look, I'll, sometimes I watch golf just because it's enjoyable to have on in the background when there's nothing else on. But I, And I also will put it on. It's got good sleepy time vibes. It's like a white noise machine. But I can't imagine myself sitting down and watching a golf tournament in any like serious manner for any long period of time.
0: I will not watch it seriously. Again, I'll be back home. My dad is an in- avid golf watcher i will enjoy some father-son bonding and talking about whatever we're talking you know like i'll watch it with my dad for sure but on my own no
1: yeah i just i'm looking forward to playing golf again yeah but i'm
0: not looking forward to watching golf and nascar no but i appreciate smith i really like those those stats as far as what leagues?
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: Need fans, and that's interesting. That only fifteen percent of the revenue from NFL, which obviously that's,
1: that's lower than I even thought, and I and I figured that obviously the TV contracts were the main source of income, but that's a great fifteen percent, even lower than I thought.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, the next call is from our buddy Reed up in Davis, and uh, he. Here's why I like Reed. Well, first of all, we met Reed last year at Santa Cruz the Crow's Nest. And by the way, Reed, I, I want to give you a shout out because you, you had given me a pack of joints, of pre rolled joints. And for some reason, I put them somewhere in my cabinet and I found them like two weeks ago. And they were still fresh and they're still good. And I've been smoking those, they've been keeping me relaxed at night. A little indica. So thank you. And also what I like about Reed is Reed sent me a message and said, Hey, I wanna give a longer call, Ruther. I know you have a sixty second rule. I'm gonna do a thust fund donation for longer call.
1: You can buy extra minutes. It's like it's like <laughs> it's like an old it's like an old nineties phone plan.
0: And I love it. I love that he did that and he reached out and uh, he left a longer call and I said, Of course, if you wanna if you wanna buy minutes I'm all for it. So here is Reed's call.
3: Hey, Joe and Andy. It's your boy, Reed from Davis. I uh, wanted to call in to talk about your NCAA discussion from a couple episodes ago. I think Joe's overall point that the NCAA wins is correct. I mean, they, they get to keep all, pretty much all their power uh, over the players and the structure of college sports, so basically they're you know still a juggernaut in that sense. Uh, but I think Andy's point that more players will get more money, more exposure, that sort of thing, uh, to you know, market themselves. I think players won't tend to group up at the highest level. I mean, they'll still go to the highest level. Like, why would you not go to Kentucky, to Duke, to North Carolina, to Syracuse, to wherever? But instead of grouping up like they do now, maybe other programs, high-level D1 programs, you know, your uh, from like private schools, you know, your Gonzagas, your Butlers, or you know, like UCLA. I'm not a private school, but UCLA, you know, just big programs, they could afford to buy a couple players too. So I feel like instead of you know the usual Kentucky class that has you know four of the top 25 recruits, and you know only might only get like two because. Those like third and fourth guys will be going to other schools because they get more money, more exposure for the potentially for their careers. Just my thoughts. And uh, quickly, CT called in in the episode you guys did about Robert Kraft, saying you guys should pretend that you're coming, that you're uh, reporting on a pa- uh, an event in the past, like say the Malice in the Palace, and you guys pretend like you just heard about it. Uh, so instead how would you pretend that you went to events that, that didn't happen, that were supposed to happen this year, missed in the pandemic? Uh, might be interesting to see where it goes. Uh, love the show and uh, stay dirty boys. Oh, and stay safe out there.
1: I like it. Yeah. I like all, I like, I like everything about this call. Um, I still like the theoretical college thing still to me is like, you know, if you look at sports, I mean, Look at it this way. Basically, we now know that guys are going to be able to uh, make money on themselves. And so the idea that, you know, oh, we're going to spread it around. We'll go to UCLA. It's like, look at how, look at sports agencies. There's like five major ones. You know what I mean? All the big guys are going to go to all the things because there's going to be a practice in place. But again, it's just to me more the fear is that the more of now, the way, the way Calipari says, look, I can get you drafted. Once we have a couple of these schools in place that say, look at what we're able to provide for players that make a little money on the side, I I just stick with the rich get richer. Does that mean the UCLA's, like a school that is has historic basketball prowess in a major market, isn't going to benefit from this? Sure. But again... What I think this does is it just decimates the mid major thing well
0: I, there's going to be caps by the way, on what they can earn, I think, sure,
1: so on, on the record what do you mean like there's 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 a cap on what they can earn now it's zero, and yet we still have Reggie Bush going to u s c to get a house and a car, so yeah. now we're just capping what
0: they can earn on the books by the way i just thought of something that you just inspired me saying that you know they have the heisman house the nissan heisman house yeah reggie bush who
1: no longer has a heisman
0: no longer has a heisman who had to give it back because of the corrupt ncaa he should create his own heisman house from the house that pete carroll gave him in san diego yeah
1: and, and, j- and it'll be him and OJ and anybody who doesn't have their Heisman anymore for one reason or the other. Yeah. I like it.
0: Like, he should have a Heisman house. I mean, he wouldn't do it because he works for Fox. Can
1: Patrick Ewing get invited to this Heisman house? Cause I don't know if you heard. He got his like gold medals stolen and his championship rings stolen. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was a story that broke yesterday. Somebody like burglarized Ewing and Stolzman. I'm assuming it's Michael Jordan who still has a beef with him over something. <laughs> and he was like, I got you that Olympic ring. I got you that Olympic medal. It's mine. It's mine now.
0: Even though I beat you at,
1: also, at Georgetown. Ta- also, I've talked to all the McDonald's in the greater D.C. area. They will refuse to serve you. So they don't even try to go there, Big Pat. But shout out to Reed. That's a, that was a great call. And I like. I also like his idea of us um, having fictional reporting on things that didn't occur. Maybe we do an episode about like this year's Masters and how Tiger pulled out and right before he missed the cut because his back swelled, yeah. swolled up, you know, his magic back, like Steph Curry's ankles that only hurt whenever he's playing poorly.
0: Yeah. By the way, I should talk about. How do you it? think
1: I'm doing this episode? By the way, pretty. I mean, you think I'm doing a decent job co-hosting? I think you're doing great. My knee feels fine, Dan. My knee only hurts when I when I really duff it as your
0: co-host. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's uh, those are the days where I really you know really
0: feel that trauma. Related to Reed's call, John Harbaugh today. Release something that would give more flexibility for college players yeah. entering the NFL draft.
1: Yeah, it was. I didn't. I didn't go a deep dive on all the articles, but I did read the bullet points of his actual thing that he he put out. And basically, what Harbaugh suggests is that players should be able to uh, make themselves eligible for the draft, and yet still return if they don't sign with the team. Correct. But also, if they don't get drafted above a certain level. Um. That they should be able to come back, that they should be able to go to the NFL at any time, like whether it be after their first year. There shouldn't be this like, oh, you must play two years thing.
0: The, the problem is they just signed a CBA. Right. For 10 years.
1: And uh, then also, you five know. Five years. Yeah. He talked about uh, yeah. he talked about redshirting and how redshirting is just like a scam way of getting a fifth year. Just make it just come out and say it. Give give these guys five years of eligibility. Um and also and I like this one probably the best of all of it is if you're under a scholarship that you should be able to return and finish out your degree if you leave early and then play for a couple of years you should be able to come back and finish your degree for those guys who want to because like you said most players don't really go to the NFL, and then, like, achieve, like, worldwide success and are set for the rest of their lives. So they're going to need their degree at some point. All of it, in theory, logical, helpful, reasonable, and I'm sure his paperwork will be lit on fire by uh, the NCAA and thrown into the the bonfire they do before the Texas A&M-Texas game where multiple (laughs) college students will... Burned to death with his paperwork because God forbid any student athlete have any sort of power in the NCAA system.
0: And he also said there shouldn't be a, a cap for twenty five new scholarship players a year. If they want to give more athletes scholarships, why should we limit it? So yeah, it's it's all pro player. And you're right. The NCAA is going to want no part of that. Because also, of I want I to do one more
1: shout out before uh, you play the next call. Since Reed did donate to the Thust Fund, I just want to make a couple of quick announcements. First of all, shout out to everybody. The, I feel like across the board, the Andy Ruther Venmo, the Joe Prano Venmo, during these during this time of corona, I think a lot of people are home. A lot of people are appreciating what us essential workers are doing. And, uh, so a lot of, a lot of thus to do donations have been coming to me at Joe Prano on Venmo at Andy dash Ruther. Correct. Um, have been coming through. So shout out to everybody. I try to like, I try to heart and reply to everybody who's donated uh, to me on Venmo because I truly do appreciate each and every one from a dollar to five, whatever the number is you guys give. Thank it all, you. It all goes to, you know. Usually Miller Lite, not going to lie. Um, it, it usually goes to that. But like in this time of Corona when a lot of things are shut down, we really do appreciate that you guys are appreciating what we're doing here and putting on the show still twice a week. And um, in somewhat related, I did a tweet the other day about stand-up because they're talking about stand-up clubs reopening. And uh, I did a tweet and I also shared it on my Instagram uh, about how uh, I'm the perfect comedian for a reopened comedy clubs cause no one's better at making sure the the audience is social distanced cause I'm only going to sell about 25% of the tickets anyway. And, uh, it was liked and appreciated by numerous people in the comedy club business. So one more request for you dirt brawls who maybe don't have, uh, money to thust us, uh, go tag your favorite comedy club under that tweet or under that Instagram and let them know, I'm serious, I will be there, and I will not sell all their tickets, I promise. If you want to see me come to your town when comedy clubs do reopen, find that tweet and uh, tag your local club or find that Instagram, share it with your local club.
0: Let's get to our final call from our buddy CT in Seattle. No, it's CT here in Seattle.
2: I just want to say thank you for keeping us entertained through this quarantine. I'm still going to work. People still need rental cars. We're essential. We'll never die. Uh, thanks for all the uh, last dance breakdowns. Enjoying those very much. Uh I a quick question? Yes, just phone calls. I was just thinking about weird championships and what's, like, the weirdest team to win a championship, like, franchise-wise. My answer is the Miami Marlins. When they're the Florida Marlins, not only won one World Series, but two. You look back on that, you're like, what the hell were the Florida Marlins doing when in two World Series? So, NBA, NFL, if you want to go NHL, weirdest franchise to win a championship. Guys, stay dirty, but you wash
0: your hands. I like the Marlins. That's great. So, they won in 97 and 2003. Yeah. 2003.
1: 2003- two totally different teams because he. he- Th- throttled the rosters after the first one he he like totally you know sold out sold everybody
0: sold everybody
1: yeah so that was an interesting one
0: that was a seven game series against the indians yeah in 97 a great world series great world series now 2003 it was pitching yep. and josh beckett
1: beat the yankees yep it was the MVP. That is an interesting one for sure. The Mar- those those are crazy ones. What like s- does does one particular one stand out to you? Because I feel like if you go through all the sports, there's definitely some weird ones here and there. I almost feel like the that Ravens Flacco Super Bowl is a weird one. That was like a weird pairing, just like the Flacco Ravens versus the Kaepernick Niners.
0: Even the the ravens giants was a weird one
1: the ravens giants one but that was that was a world class that's like a once in a generation defense true that was that was your seahawks team basically like just these this crazy defense that was not going to be
0: stopped i mean the look it's not up it's not as high but the pistons taking the Lakers out in 5 games. My greatest sports moment of in history. The Lakers had won 3 in a row. Yeah. No one saw the Pistons winning that. Let alone dominating that series. Yeah. That one in,
1: in the NBA. If you go back from if you go back NBA from literally today to the Magic Bird era of the 80s. Essentially, the modern NBA. Essentially, the, there aren't, like, that Pistons team and the the Mavericks team are the only ones that are, like, weirdly out of place. Both those teams, grossly underrated, in my opinion. Grossly. I, I mean, I've talked about it many times on this show, uh, that the, the greatest gambling moments of my life occurred in betting on that Pistons team when they got Rasheed, when they acquired Rasheed and betting on them and doubling down on them prior to the playoffs because they were a great defensive team with a Hall of Fame coach. They had Chauncey Billups who was Mister Big Shot. They had all the pieces. They had tons of and then they had Rasheed Wallace who is underrated as an NBA player in general. So obviously I was not surprised um, and and also I'm not surprised it was just one because. That's just kind of what that team had in them. Um, and then that Mavericks team, underrated as shit. Like, I just saw uh, somebody the other day who whose sports takes I appreciate was like, Dirk won a championship with nobody. I'm like, are you on drugs? Like, that team, I mean, Jason Kidd's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you got Marion, you got Terry, you got Chandler. Like, Ch- Chandler is a defensive player of the year, like, the next year. Like when he leaves and goes to the Knicks, uh, that team was loaded. It was just loaded with like the best kind of role guys. Not to mention wing defenders for days. They had just like they had guys like Deshaun Stevenson, just like just guys that they could throw at the Heat wing players and and Wade and and uh, LeBron. So that team grossly underrated. But those are the two teams if you go through it. That really, there wasn't a multiple championship thing, right? Aren't those the two one-off teams? From the NBA? Yeah. Since the, since the, I mean, even the Rockets got two. The Lakers obviously have their two runs. The Heat have their two, and they have the one earlier with Wade and Shaq. The Spurs have all theirs. The Bulls have all theirs. Those are the two, like, lone standouts. Um, Baseball's got a couple, but, like, the Marlins might be the weirdest.
0: Well, I I feel like we're missing some on baseball. I feel like baseball will will do the...
1: mm, I mean, that Phillies team? I was
0: thinking of that phillies Ray
1: series. Yeah. But the Phillies have another World Series appearance in that run, true. The Marlins have two separate teams win six years apart. The Diamondbacks is kind of a weird one off there, but again that was like that was a pitching a shilling Randy Johnson situation,
0: yeah. The Marlins was always funny because they would get nobody in the stadium and then they make it to the World Series and they were still playing in the football stadium. Yeah. And they'd put 65,000 people in there. Yeah. I remember one of those games I was with my buddy down in Arkansas. He's from Arkansas. We went down to visit University of Arkansas. We went down for a uh, Arkansas-Florida football game. And I was so drunk. Like I went to the campus bars in Fatville, Arkansas and we got lit after one of the games after we had watched the the Yankees Marlins and I remember I remember some girl was like you're not a, you're not around from here where are you from and I don't even know why I said it I lied and said Los Angeles So this is 2003
1: Wow look at you It's crazy seeing the future
0: It's crazy cuz I said I, I said I live in Los Angeles
1: She's like, where are you
0: from? And he's like, Savage Town. <laughs> and I remember, sh- like, she was like, Ooh, LA. And then my buddy's friend goes, He ain't from LA. He's from Ohio. And I was like, This motherfucker. <laughs> and instantly, I was just an asshole. Like, that girl's like, You lied to me. And uh, I like yeah. how this all <laughs>
1: happened on the set of My Name is Earl. <laughs> well, you, he wasn't from there down there. He ain't ever been to Los Angeles. It's all happened at a bar and a, on the set of Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> he ain't never even been to Los
0: Angeles, this guy over here. Come on now. You know what else I remember about that trip, Prano? We got so drunk before and during and after the Arkansas-Florida game. And uh, this is when Arkansas's quarterback was Matt. Do you remember Matt Jones? Yeah. Who then became a wide receiver. Yeah. Then he fell into his love of cocaine. Yeah. I got so drunk, I fell asleep, and basically, one of the nights, like, basically slept through going out, and I woke up, and I'll never forget, Unfaithful was on HBO. And I remember just being like, yo, Diane Lane is just getting railed. Like, you seen that movie? Yeah. (laughs) Scene after scene, and I was like, I was like so into her. Like, I was like, oh, she's like so milf hot. And uh I always remember that. But uh, YouTube comment section has a good one from Stanga. The two thousand two Angels.
1: Yeah. That's now, a great
0: one. Now I was in Spain. Yeah. So I basically missed the that. The rally monkey. That's what he said.
1: Yeah. The Rally Monkey is that is a weird one. The Socia and and it leads to this it leads to Socia being a manager until this season. Yeah. Hotline and also, why did they abandon the rally monkey? It got him a championship. And also, shout out since we just did the shout out to all the people who have supported. We got to do a second return shout out to CT, who has been like just a a consistent. He's the Cal Ripken of supporters of this show. This guy doesn't miss a game. Oh my God! And from Venmos to rental cars to sending us stuff in the mail to whatever, I I. Was going to wear it today, but then I didn't because you said it was Miller Lite day. But I, he sent a great, a shirt very similar to the Miller Lite shirt you're wearing with all the the Major League tomahawk baseballs on it. Uh, I was I mean, gonna wear that.
0: I'll just say it like,
1: I feel like I was. Yeah, I know what you're gonna say. I feel like, uh, like Mitch pulled like a real Maverick Cougar, or a Maverick, uh, a Maverick uh, Goose, and slid into Cougar's spot. Because of the like the hail mary of coming from Australia to Amarillo, I feel like he slid into what, what uh, a spot that we had carved on the Hall of Fame wall wall for CT, and now because of the process, there is a delay. But I feel like CT is just cougaring the. Uh, you know the, the the boat here. Just he needs a place to land.
0: Oh, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. He's just he hands just, down.
1: He just needs a place to to bring that in. Anybody
0: see a aircraft carrier around here? I mean, CT's been with us forever. Yeah, like you said, all the things he's done for the show, all the loyal support. I mean, he he's without a doubt a Hall of Famer. Yeah, we'll have to make it official here soon. Yeah, but your time is coming, CT. Anybody see a Hall of Fame carrier around here? The hotline is 310-359-8365. Give us a call. And Monday, we'll be back with you and Lachlan Patterson. That's correct. And the next Thursday is a Dirtball Call episode, which we've already recorded.
1: And is available on YouTube? Correct. Already. So if you don't want to wait, you can watch it on YouTube. Otherwise, the audio version of that will be out in all places where podcasts are sold.
0: Correct. And then I'm um, moving Joe back to Cincinnati with me. We we have we have more than enough room in Walt's house.
1: Sounds like a real Watson brothers or uh, Thomas brothers. I always want to say Earl
0: Watson. All right, that's the show. You plugging anything?
1: At Joe Prano on Instagram, at Joe Prano on Venmo. Thanks for all the support on both. Go find that tweet and tag your favorite, or Instagram and tag your favorite comedy club.
0: All right, guys, stay safe. Get some fresh air though, at time to time. Like don't just stay in your house all the time. Get some fresh air. Stay safe, but stay fresh. (laughs) And uh, enjoy your weekend. And most importantly, stay dirty.